Come on, if you want it to be poured out on your city, on your school, on your home, just tell the Lord one more time. Lord, pour out. Come awaken your people. Come awaken your city. Let's sing it together. God of revival, pour it out, pour it out. Every stronghold will crumble. like you believe that strongholds are breaking. Come on, not just because I told you to, but because you still believe the promises of God. You still believe the Word of God. You still believe that these promises are for us. I believe it, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. He's, he's the God of our peace, the God of our healing, God of our comfort. He's the God of all power. That He is the God of revival. And revival means there was that there's something that needs to be brought back. And I've said this before, and I'm not re-preaching a message, but I, I believe a lot of times that it's the world needs salvation, the church needs revival. I've said it before that we, we don't need a revival of souls, we need a revival of soul winners. Uh, people that, that have not experienced life don't need to be brought back to it. They just need to experience life. But we need a revival of soul winners. Amen? We need a revival in the church, a revival of a burden for souls. Because that is the Lord's heart and it should be ours. Amen? Amen. Thank you so much for uh, just worshiping and, and uh, participating in this back-to-school service today. I know our focus is has been uh, just mainly on our students, on our kids today. And, and uh, I, I'm going to preach for just, just a few minutes today. I, I'm going to be very uh, to the point, very focused uh, on our students, on those that are going back to school. Not just students, but teachers, ones that are going back into that environment. You're going to be around people from all over the place, from different backgrounds, different homes, uh, uh, all over. And it doesn't matter if, if, you know, preschool, thank you, you're the best. I like that suit. He didn't wear sneakers to Sneaker Sunday. Um, you're going, you know, whether you're, you're elementary school or, uh, you know, public school, private school, you know, home school, you're going into college, you're in the middle of college, whatever it is. You're going back as a teacher. You're just going back into that environment, where there's people from all over. And it may feel like you're a minority going back in. As a child of God, you might feel like a minority, but before I even say anything else, I want to tell you that you plus God is a majority. 
You're walking into that school. You're walking into that classroom, into those hallways with more power in your little finger than all the enemy has. Every stronghold that he spent years building up in that school, you can speak the name of Jesus. You can let your light shine and tear strongholds down. You can reach the people that are in the desk beside you. You can reach your teachers. You can reach your classmates. I'm telling you that you can. And I'm going to focus in on that for just just a couple of minutes today. I'm not going to be long at all, but I want to look at Genesis chapter 43. Genesis chapter 43. And what's going on here is uh, Joseph, he's gone from the pit to Potiphar's house, to prison, to the palace. I wonder if the Lord did that on purpose. (laughs) Purpose. Wow, I just can't stop. But he's, he's made this journey now into the palace, and now God's elevated him to a place where he's able to save people in this famine that has hit Egypt. And Joseph is second in command only to Pharaoh. But his brothers have come, and, and they haven't recognized him as, as Joseph yet. They don't realize that it's Joseph speaking to them, and he's kind of hiding his face. He's, kinda, he's speaking with an interpreter so he doesn't give away that he understands what they're saying. And, and, but Joseph is so overcome with emotion at seeing his brothers that he has to go into his own chambers, and it says he has to go in there and weep. He has to just let it all out, and then he can come back. When he comes back out, in verse 31, it says he washed his face, and he went out. He refrained himself. Pulled it together. And he said, set on bread. They're about to have dinner. He's, he's hosting his brothers for dinner in the palace. And they set on for him by himself and for them by themselves and for the Egyptians which did eat with him by themselves. Because the Egyptians might not eat bread with the Hebrews. For that is an abomination unto the Egyptians. I want to preach for just a couple of minutes today. Don't fit in. Don't fit in. Lord, help us today. Lord, I thank you for everything you've done. Lord, for letting us feel your spirit. God, I thank you just for the the peace, Lord, of your presence that we feel in this place. I pray right now for just a couple more minutes that you would energize our souls, our, our bodies, our spirits, our minds to receive from your word. Lord, challenge us with this. Let it take root in our lives. Lord, and and bear fruit in our lives. In the name of Jesus, we give you the honor and glory and praise. And everyone said in Jesus' name. Clap your hands to the Lord as you're seated today. Amen. So, it says that Joseph, you know, Joseph is the one who was able to say, set on bread, let's eat. But still, even the ones that served under Joseph, when they, when they set the food out, they made it so that Joseph would sit by himself. They couldn't sit him with his brothers and, and give it away. But Joseph sat by himself, they, and, then, and then his brothers by themselves, and, and then the Egyptians by themselves. That's the way they, they split up the, the food. And it, it said it was because it was an abomination to the Egyptians to eat bread with the Hebrews. Now, I feel like if I was the brothers, I might have caught something kind of weird going on, but I believe they were probably just tired. 
But even with all the power God allowed Joseph to have in Egypt, because it was God that, that elevated him to this position that he was in, but even with all of that, Joseph was constantly reminded, make no mistake, this was not the first time that this would have happened to Joseph in the palace. Joseph was constantly reminded that he was not an Egyptian. And you need to understand this. Everybody does. This is not just for students, but I want to speak specifically to our students, those going back into that school environment. You need to understand this. It does not matter how much you think that you have started to blend in in Egypt. When you are a Hebrew, there will always be something to remind you that Egypt is not your home and that you do not fit in there. I'm telling you that when you walk into those hallways, there's going to be the temptation. You're walking into an entirely different culture than you experience here. You're walking... I, I, I said this recently a lot, especially going through camps and things that... I, I thought that I faced a lot when I was in high school, even middle school. But I can't imagine sitting in school now and facing the things that some of y'all do. I, the challenges, the, 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 the pressure that you feel to conform to new ideals and new things, that this, a new culture that this world has set up. But there's going to be the temptation to try and assimilate into that culture. I'm telling you that you will never be able to successfully do it. You will always look like a puzzle piece that somebody tried to jam in where it didn't belong. You will Once you have been baptized in the name of Jesus and filled with the Holy Ghost and you have got that name stamped on your life, you can try to blend in in Egypt, but I'm telling you that... It won't work. It'll never work. You won't be able to do it. You'll try and go to those parties and you won't fit in. You won't know what to do. You can't even sound cool when you try and cuss because it won't work. They can always be able to tell there's something different. And you might think, I can forget it every now and then, but it's still going to be brought to your mind again. You may think that you're big stuff in Egypt. You may think you've elevated to a point where now I, I, I look and I, like an Egyptian and nobody can tell the difference. But you're still captive and you still play by Egypt's rules because you're not free in Egypt. A Hebrew is not free in Egypt. I don't care how free you try and look, how free you try and make yourself think you are. When you're not free as a Hebrew in Egypt. And you can live like you've been in Egypt, but you weren't always in Egypt. And because of that, Egypt will never fully embrace you. I'm not trying to to down on you. I'm not trying to say you'll never fit in, you'll never be cool. You're cool to me, if it means anything. But you will never be fully embraced in Egypt once you have been a Hebrew. They will always, even you can look, Joseph looked the part, and they still said, there's still some, he's still a Hebrew. He wasn't always in Egypt. I'm telling you, the world will always be able to say, there's something different about them. There's something that I, I, even if they can't quite place it, they know. And, and especially if, if you once said, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm a child of God. I believe this. I live this. And then you try and flip it. Then they just don't take you seriously at all. You look like a hypocrite and 
quite honestly, you look like a clown. I remember times that I tried to fit in. I would, I would, I would you know, they knew I was a pastor's kid. They knew that I was, you know, the, the things I was involved in in church. And then there would be sometimes I would try and fit in because I would think, I, I just want to fit in with them. Now, mostly all I cared about was going home and playing Xbox after school. But there were still times I felt like, I wish that I could fit in with this crowd. I feel like I'm right outside the door. I wish that I could. And I would try and cuss, or I would try and get in on what they liked and what they were talking about, and I just looked like a fool. Because they they would look at me like, what are you doing? I liked you better when you just didn't try to fit in so hard. I'm telling you, you'll never fit in in Egypt as a Hebrew. Now the difference for Joseph is that he remained faithful to God. Joseph didn't try and be something that he wasn't. He knew that I'm in Egypt, but I'm not of Egypt. He knew that God has brought me into this culture. God has brought me into this place for a reason and for a purpose. And I'm telling you that if you'll go into your school and realize that I'm in this world, but I'm not of this world. I've been brought to this place, and I believe that God is with me in ordering my steps. And just like Joseph, God will use you to save lives. If you if you will just refuse to try and be something that you're not. Be who God has made you and who God has called you to be and remain faithful to God and God will elevate you to a place that you have the ability to pull people's souls out of the fire. I'm telling you, somebody needs to be a witness in here today. God will elevate you to a position that you're not just assimilating, you're not just blending in and just doing nothing, but you can use that power that came upon you when you received the Holy Ghost, and you can be a witness just like Jesus called us to be in Acts 1 and verse 8. And just a couple of chapters later in Genesis 46, God has used Joseph to save many lives in Egypt. And in verse 33, he, he's got his, his father and his brothers now. He, he's bringing them in so they can live safely. They can be away from, from the famine. And, and, and he's bringing them now to where he is so they can live and, and they, can, uh, they can continue their lives there. And, but this is what he says to them. He says, And it shall come to pass when Pharaoh shall call you and say, What is your occupation? That ye shall say, Thy servant's trade hath been about cattle from our youth even until now, both we and also our fathers, that ye may dwell in the land of Goshen. For every shepherd is an abomination unto the Egyptians. Egyptian society was based on a strict caste system according to occupation. And as a result, Egyptians always ask strangers their occupation. Joseph wanted to establish the low caste of the Hebrews so that they would not be eligible to assimilate and be absorbed into Egyptian culture. Joseph used the Egyptians' own prejudice to keep the people of God separated. And in a similar way throughout the Babylonian captivity of Israel, anti-Semitic prejudice helped maintain the separate identity of the Jews. What might look like 
a low estate. What might look like, oh, oh we're, we're, we're lesser than because we're, we can't, you know, we're an abomination to them. It kept them safe. And it kept them in a place where one day they could be delivered and go to a land of promise. If they had not gotten in this way, if Joseph had not uh, fought to maintain the identity of the people of God, of the Hebrews, then they may have been absorbed into that Egyptian culture and just maybe we would have never heard of them again. I don't know how God would have worked it out. But because they remained separate, they were still in Egypt. They were separated. They weren't isolated. I'll get to that in a minute. But he used their own prejudice, the thing that separated them from everybody else, and it seemed like this is a low estate. Well, one day it was their ticket to a promised land. And I'm telling you that it is not a curse to be a child of God. It is not a curse to be different. It is not a curse to be set apart. It is not a curse to call yourself a child of God. It is not a curse to be holy in a world that is unholy. It is not a curse to love the Lord and stand for morals and stand for righteousness in a world that does not. It's a blessing to be a child of God. And when it may seem like I'm the only one and I'm the minority, I'm telling you that with God on your side, you are the majority. Speaking of that Babylonian captivity, and I'll be done in just a moment. (laughs) Well, let me just write some more notes really quick. Maybe I can come up with something. I'm purposefully just zeroing in on, on you students today. I, I know we've done a lot in this service, and I wouldn't dare rush the Holy Ghost, but I'm, I'm going to say what I've got to say, so listen. In that Babylonian captivity, there were three Hebrew boys, three Hebrew young men, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. I know a lot of people were waiting on me to say Radshach. Never let me forget that. But Nebuchadnezzar, he set up this idol, and he told them, a a bunch of Hebrews told them, when this music plays, and you hear it, you're going to fall on your face, and you're going to worship like everybody else here in Babylon. When the music plays, you are going to worship You are going to assimilate into this Babylonian culture. You're going to worship what we worship. You're going to bow when we say bow. You're going to worship when we say worship. This idol that we've set up, this is is your God now. And that music played, and everybody bowed, except three Hebrew boys that said, I don't care what happens to us. I'm not Babylonian. Kim Possible. Call me, beat me when you want to reach me. I can't ignore that. There's a lot of things I overlook when I'm preaching, but I can't ignore that. Holy Ghost, help me. There were three Hebrew boys who said, I don't care what everybody else does. And I know you've heard this in Sunday school. You've heard it a million times. But that's the situation that you're walking into, young people. And I want everybody to stand with me today.
But listen to me for just one more minute. That's the situation that you're walking into, young people. You're walking into a culture and you're going to feel the pressure to bow when the music plays. There's an old expression we say we got to face the music. What that means is really is I got to, now it's time for me to deal with the consequences of, of decision I made. But they said, I'd rather stand up and face the music now than have to face the music later. They said, I don't care what music I have to face, what consequences there are. I'm a Hebrew. My God, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. I'm not going to, I don't care what the pressure is. I don't care if everybody else around me is bowing. It's okay to be separate. The Bible says, come out from among them and be ye separate. And touch not the unclean thing. Now I want to be very intentional to say this. That we're called to be separated, not isolated. Don't go to school and let everyone believe that you're in a cult. That they're not, well... Don't let them believe you're in a cult at all. But don't let them think that you're a part of something that they're not welcome in, that they don't have access to. You walk into that culture and you show them the love of God. And you show them what God can do in a life. You show them that this life for God is the greatest life that you can live. We're called to be separated, not isolated. Not isolated. We're called to be a city set on a hill that cannot be hid Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. And I know I've only preached for just a few minutes today. I knew it would be like that. But students, listen to me. The one who's feeling the pressure to be, I know it sounds cliche, but but be the cool kid. Guys that want to impress the girls. Girls that, want, that feel this pressure to do these things that everybody else is. I don't care what your favorite show says is normal. I don't care what your classmates say is normal. I don't care what, sadly, now your teachers force onto you and say, this is the world we live in, this is the culture Everybody's going to bow to the music. You stand for righteousness. Do it with love. Do it with patience. Do it with open arms. And love people. But you stand. Stand. And even if you get thrown in the fire for it, there's go- they, they went in three, but when they looked in, they saw a fourth one in the fire with them. And they came out. To- only, the, only the binds on them were broken. Their their clothes didn't even smell like smoke because they said, Nebuchadnezzar, we're not careful to answer you. And and they said, we we don't even have to think twice about this. We're not going to bow to the idol you set up. And I I want all our students to come, and, and teachers as well, everybody that's walking back in that school environment, I want students to come first, gather around in this altar. I'm inviting you now, like right now. And some of you, I'll just, I'll just call on you and embarrass you. But I want our church to gather in behind. 
And in just a moment, as the, the music plays, Sister Shade is going to come and pray a prayer over our students, over our teachers, everyone walking back into that environment. But as we pray for the next couple of moments, I don't want you to just listen to her pray. She's going to pray a prayer over you. But I want you to, I want you to find someone to pray with, and I want you to pray for someone, and I want you to pray for yourself that God would help you. God, help me to stand. God, help me to stand in this world. Help me to stand in this culture. I want to encourage you, and I'm, and I'm leaving the mic after this, don't fit in. You're not called to fit in. You're called to stand apart. Amen? Let's lift our hands. Praise the Lord. We're just going to touch and agree together. We've heard the word of the Lord, and we're going to believe that God is a God of promises. He is not a man who can lie. He has not left you. He's not forsaken you, and we're going to unite together. And young ones from elementary, nursery, all the way up to high school and myself, even college, and teachers, mamas and daddies, granddads, granddads, grandpas, all of the family, the village, because it takes a village to rage. We are going to yoked together and we are going to come against the enemy because we know that he's coming against our children in school in the media all various things but we are taking a stand as the word of the lord so pray together with me church dear god father in heaven we just worship you right now we just glorify your name we lift you up and we exalt you lord there has been a spirit of liberty and freedom that has been exerted in this place God and we just declare that over our children right now God over our students Lord we declare the freedom of God the liberty of the Holy Ghost oh God and the power Lord that's in your spirit God the authority that's in your word oh God those that have the Holy Ghost Lord Jesus your spirit God is within them their power is within them oh lord god you are walking with them lord alongside them in the school corridors god oh lord alongside their teachers god in the lunchroom god in their classroom lord god and we take a stand oh god with you lord because with you we are the majority we come against every devil in hell that would try to come against our children try to come against their minds oh god i come against every spirit oh god of the enemy that would try to yoke itself unto every young person oh to tell them that they have to fit in to tell them that they have to fit the culture i come against it right now in the name of jesus i take a stand bold in the holy ghost and i come against it i stand together with the mothers and the fathers god the family of god that are here the saints of god oh lord and i declare in the spirit oh lord your authority your dominion your power god your covering lord your word says that you are a shield and you are a strength oh god unto the righteous god be a covering today i pray a covering over these babies over these children over these young people over these teachers god everyone who's in the school system everyone who's going to be teaching a young person i pray a covering over them right now in the name of jesus
preachers. Oh, in the name of Jesus, I thank you right now for what you're doing, God. I thank you for the freedom that you've given us, God, the authority that we have. And we thank you, Lord. We say yes and amen unto you in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' name. Let's continue for just another moment right now. Let's continue. Just pray a covering. I believe the blood of Jesus received that prayer that was just prayed over you. You have the power to stand. You have the power to be who God's made you. If you believe it, let's all sing that for just a minute. Just say yes to the Lord. I agree. I'll be who you called me to be, Lord. Before we go, I just I want you to do two things for me. First of all, I, I want you to look around. Just, just take a look around. The next time that you're walking those halls or you're sitting in that classroom and you feel like you're alone, I want you to remember what you just saw when you looked around. You might, some of you don't even go to school together. You go to different schools, you're in different places throughout the day, but you are not alone. You are not alone. Somebody say it. I'm not alone. And I want you to put your hand on your heart. And I want you to remember, the Lord is with me. And so even when I can't be physically with my church family during the day, I am not alone. Not just the Lord, but He shall give His angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. You remember who is walking with you. You remember that there are angels walking next to you through those hallways, and you remember that the hand of the Lord is on you. You have strength to be set apart, and not just that, but to win souls to the Lord. Amen? Amen. Clap your hands one more time to the Lord if you believe that. In Jesus' name, seal these things. Seal these blessings. In Jesus' name. Amen. I believe that there's some things going on that are available, maybe ICs. Or, or, uh, oh, yes. Okay, that, and I, I think they're working on that right now, so just give it just a, a few minutes, and that'll be ready for you for, for all our students, I guess really anyone. But I want to say one more time, thank you so much for being in service today, for participating in this back-to-school service. We believe in our children. We'll see you for Monday night prayer tomorrow night at 7 a.m. Be dismissed in Jesus' name. Yes, that's right. Prayer claws and goodie bags.